Hey everybody, it's Doug. And this is Renee. And welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Life. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today we are discussing a new topic. A new topic. True intimacy and ways that you can have it with your spouse. Yes, true intimacy. What does that look like? So for the last few weeks, we've talked about... Celebrating your difference. Mm -hmm. And then just prior to that, um, early on when we got started, we talked for a little bit about communication. You certainly cannot have true intimacy without learning to effectively communicate with your spouse, learning to love them by celebrating their difference. So when you talk about true intimacy, most people relate that to what, dear? Sex. Most people, generally speaking. Um, but we all know that isn't true. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you can have intimacy without having sex. And you can certainly have sex without having um, intimacy. Mm, we just um, shattered somebody's world. Yeah. That. Yeah. When I, in my younger days, I wouldn't have believed that statement. But as you get older, you get wiser, you get, you mature and you learn things. You just learn some stuff. And I wanted to come back to the title because I thought that was interesting. True intimacy. We're, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about or what we're talking about. But if you have true intimacy, that means you can have false Mm. intimacy also. So hopefully in the next, you know, next podcast, as we are discussing true intimacy, we can help give you some guidelines, um, strategies, that can help you so you have true intimacy. Yes. And um, so coming back to what you were saying about sex and uh, I was saying about sex and intimacy, generally speaking, and this is a generalization, um, with men, sex leads to intimacy, generally speaking. And generally speaking, uh, with women, intimacy leads to sex. So it's really the reverse. And I'm not saying this is always true, but generally, you know, generally speaking for the most part. And, um, that's why the Bible talks about um, guarding your heart, but out of it comes the issues of life. And, um, I think that's so apropos, um, for this, um, particular subject. I know, um, you mind if I keep going? Keep going. Oh, okay. You're rolling. I know in our marriage, you know, if you've, this is your first time listening to our podcast, we've been married 33 years. And in our marriage, early on in our marriage, uh, I struggled with intimacy. I didn't know how or the value of being intimate with my wife. And it probably... I'm not going to say I didn't have my intimate moments with you, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand how to be intimate with you. Mm-hmm. And in all the um, men's conferences I've been to, uh, marriage conferences where they break out, had little breakout sessions for the men. I don't think there's ever been a session I've been to that's been designed for um, intimacy with your spouse mm-hmm. from a, for a male. From a man's perspective, for us, for a man, uh, for a husband, I should say. And because I didn't know the value of it, 
that's just a trick of the enemy. And it wasn't until after two decades of marriage and, you know, going to counseling on multiple occasions and learning that, each other's love language. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, learning each other's love languages, communicating with you and just being vulnerable uh, to you. Just letting you know, these are the things I'm concerned about my concerns, my fears, my aspirations, um, not having walls up, not being guarded with you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know, and I, and I've heard people say this like girl early on in our marriage, my wife's my best friend. My husband is my best friend. And I was, I would think to myself, well, there's no way I would ever say that. Honestly, I'm just being 100% honest. And early on in our marriage, I say, no way Renee is ever going to be my best friend. And now you're my best bud. You yes. know, me and you, we, we roll together. Yes. And I never thought, never in a million years did I ever think you would be my best friend. But you are my best friend. We like to hang out, you know, do little things. You you um you allow me to be me. You know, and I think that's what part of true intimacy is. Mm-hmm. It's just being you yes. to, at your core. And, and being allowed to do so. Yeah. Once you get married, you can't have true intimacy if you have masks up. Uh, if you yeah. have a mask on. And I'm mm-hmm. not talking about this coronavirus, COVID-19. <laughs> you got to put a mask on to go in the grocery store and you got to put a mask on to go out in public. I'm talking about a wall, a a um, a wall that nobody else can see. But you mm-hmm. have something that's inhibiting your spouse yeah. from getting really close to you. Mm-hmm. You definitely got to have an openness to have true intimacy. And what the wall does, it it stops your wife or your spouse from seeing the real you. But it also stops you from seeing out. The wall works both ways. Mm-hmm. You don't allow anybody in and you don't allow you can't get out of it. And so mm-hmm. you're you're trapped in this own this own. Uh, I don't want to say prison, but this own city of walls that you can only go so far and that's it. Trapped in your own little world. Yeah, exactly. You're (laughs) trapped in your own world. You don't allow people in or, you know, or if you allow people in, the image I got in my mind is like a drawbridge where you put the drawbridge down, you allow people in after a few hours or whatever, it's like, oh, got to go. You got to get back out. You know, you put the drawbridge back down Mm -hmm. and you let people go back out. And and again, your wife or your spouse. But when it comes to intimacy and being one with your spouse, there should not be any a wall up. Why? Why would you have a wall up? And again, I'm let me just talk about me. I had walls up walls, plural, up with you. Mm-hmm. And I did not even realize that I had them. And it wasn't until coaching, um, counseling, you know, you talking to me and then other people reaffirming or affirming what you said. And I was like, well, you know what? Why why do I act like that? Mm-hmm. And that takes some soul searching. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and do some soul searching about why I am or was the way that I was. And a lot of it has to do with how I was raised, where I was raised, the mm-hmm. things I thought about marriage. And uh, I didn't understand you. 
and your love language and um, coming back to disc assessment, I didn't understand you at all. And it was just confusing. And there might I say, I'm going to say overwhelming, but it was just a lot to take in because I didn't understand from the biblical sense that I needed to study you mm-hmm. and I needed to uh, see how you flow and what makes you tick and just understand that by me sharing my heart with you, that allowed from your perspective, that allowed you to be come closer with me. I didn't right. realize that. Right. And going back to the walls, I just think that a lot of people, men and women alike, depending on what they experience in their life or what hurt them in the past, who mm-hmm. hurt them in the past, they end up putting these walls up as a protective mechanism. Yes. And then when you get married, you still have those walls up, but why are you protecting yourself from your spouse? Mm. Y'all are on the same team. If y'all are not each other's enemy, why do you need to protect yourself? That's important to assess. You need to look at why am I not allowing my spouse into my personal space? Why am I not letting my spouse get to a certain place in my heart? Why am I not allowing myself to just open up totally with my spouse? Where is that coming from? It's coming from a place of fear. And God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So a lot of times we're thinking, oh, if I let them in, I'm going to be hurt. That's the risk you have to take when Mm -hmm. you get married. But if you're, and I'm just thinking of this logically, and I know I was in the same situation. I, I understand that now. But looking back at Doug 20 years ago, it's like, why would you think your spouse is trying to hurt you? And this is me, 51-year-old dog, Doug, excuse me, talking to 20-year-old Doug. Why Uh-oh. would you think You slipped your and spouse- said dog. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is old Doug talking to younger Doug. Why would you think your, your spouse is trying to hurt you? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that, you have to unlearn. A lot of things that you thought you learned or a lot of things that you learned that wasn't necessarily healthy or godly. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and renew your mind. Yes. And um, one of the notes, one of the things I wrote down for this particular podcast was lack of communication plus the lack of celebrating each other's differences is going to equal lack of intimacy. Mm, say that again, dear. Um, somebody needs to, somebody write, needs that to write that down. Mm-hmm. Lack of communication. Again, this is within marriage. Plus, the lack of celebrating each other's differences equals lack of intimacy. Mm. If you don't talk and you don't celebrate the fact that you're different, how can you be intimate with one another? You may have moments, but... They may be few and far in between, and then you're going to be frustrated. Your spouse is going to be frustrated, and there really isn't a need for that in the marriage, really. Right, right. There are so many things that you could avoid dealing with in marriage if you would just, one, take a good look at yourself Mm -hmm. and try to 
identify those areas where you have walls up and why you have a lack of communication or why you lack celebrating your spouse difference. Um, because once you break down those barriers, you can have true intimacy. Yes. And the sex will come. Mm-hmm. If you have true intimacy, so I'm going to speak from a female perspective. For us, we like to be wooed, if you will, or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. When you, um, we before you we woo, before woo, woo? before we get to the bedroom, oh. we want you to start setting the tone, setting oh. the mood, showing love, showing mm-hmm. appreciation, celebrating our difference. Uh, communicating to us in our love language. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff leads to the bedroom. And then you can have sex. Then you can make love. You don't have to have sex in the bedroom. But that's you another, don't have to. That's another, you don't have to. That's another but, podcast. But that's, but, <laughs> <laughs> that, it, you don't have to. But I just wanted to say that for those who are like, well, what about the sex? Sex mm-hmm. will come. If you have intimacy, then there shouldn't be any problems with the sex. Yes. But you got to find out, okay, why aren't we having sex? A lot of people think, or a lot of marriages fail because, oh, because we're not having sex, or because we're not having enough sex, or my wife doesn't give it to me enough, or vice versa. But the true problem happens way before the bedroom, Mm -hmm. or wherever you choose to uh, have sex <laughs> trying to keep it clean this is a christian podcast um but you want to make sure that you identify why aren't i having intimacy and look at what things you could work on in your communication there we go talking about communication again but the reality mm-hmm. of it is communication causes a lot of problems sometimes communication is the root cause of a different problem. Yes. You might have problems with your finances and because you think we don't make enough money. But the truth of the matter is when we first got married, we didn't make enough money. Mm-hmm. We had financial problems, but that was never That wasn't the problem. That wasn't the problem. And I realize now is because we always talked about it. We talked about what we had, what we didn't have, how much we had, how much we needed, and all of that. So it's important to have conversations. Dr. Uh, James Dobson Mm -hmm. says, marriages are fragile. They must be nurtured and protected if they are to survive a lifetime. So you need to protect the marriage and not protect yourself. Uh Uh-oh. 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 I hear co-pastor Susie. You got to be more committed to the institution of marriage. Absolutely. Than you are the person you're marrying. Absolutely. You got it. I, I heard I heard her loud and clear when you said that um, marriages are fragile because we all know the the divorce rate is fifty percent, whether it's in the church, out of the church, and you know nurtured and protected, they are survive, to survive for a lifetime, and that means you got to keep people out, mm. uh, people who don't need to know your business. I'm not I'm not trying to get no. I'm, so <laughs> part of intimacy is being vulnerable with your spouse. That's your spouse. Your spouse. Not being afraid to say to your spouse. Your spouse. I'm afraid. <laughs> I am scared. I don't like when. 
I need you to do this. I can you help me with this and not feel that you're going to be ridiculed mm-hmm. or belittled because you opened up to them. Now, on the flip side, the spouse who's receiving this information, you have to give your spouse a a um, a a space mm-hmm. that is conducive yeah. for them to do that. A safe space. That's the word I was looking for. A safe space, a safe haven. They should be able to come to you and not feel like, one, you're going to go tell your girlfriend. One, you're going to talk to, you know, somebody else about what's going on. Or you're going to laugh at them. Or you're going to use it against them or come back up mm-hmm. at a later conversation and say, well, remember when you told me X, Y, Z, that's why we X, Y, Z. Oh. So yeah. you got to be allowed. You got to be vulnerable. And you must be allowed to be vulnerable. And... Um, what you were talking while you were talking, I immediately thought of the last thing you said, you have to be vulnerable and you have to allow your spouse to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and not bring up things, mistakes that they may have made. You know, that's one of the uh, great things. One of the great things about, about you is that, you know, once I don't think you've ever brought up my missteps, mistakes, once you forgave me, it's like okay, you know, let's let's move on, and that means a lot to me, and you know, it means a lot to to a guy as or a husband in general. And I don't want to get off track, but um, in the First Corinthians, it talks about husbands love your wives and wives um, respect your husbands, and so you have to understand that those commands were put there for a reason. Because that's not something we would just normally do out of, you know, this just husbands love your wives. God commanded us to do that. Mm-hmm. Wives respect your husbands. God commanded you to do that. So when your husband is uh, being vulnerable with you at that particular point in time, like you said, you don't turn around and tell your girlfriend, your your mom, your your whoever you know, what's going on. And the same thing for husbands. If your wife, you know, you should never let anybody talk bad about your wife, right. whether she's around or not around, not going to happen. And so I think what you said was very important and very uh, apropos. <laughs> apropos. Yes, because you all are on the same team. We're on the same team. Uh, going back to talking about Part of being int, uh, intimate mm-hmm. is being vulnerable. Genesis 2 and 25 says, And they were both naked, the man and the wife, and they were not ashamed. So although this statement was literally talking about they were naked, they did not have any clothes on before sin, it acts as a bridge connecting directly to mankind's first sin, which happens in Genesis 3. Their nakedness played a revealing role instructing us about what happened when we do sin. Undoubtedly, their nakedness in verse 25 was literal, but it was also figuratively speaking. So my question to you is, do you allow yourself to be naked in front of your spouse? Open. Hmm. Have you let them in? Hmm. And Hmm. if you have let them in and you feel like they messed it up, have you forgiven Take that wall down Uh-oh. and allow them 
back in? I think we don't forgive because, you know, I've, I've heard people say, I've said it. Let me just stop. I've said this. I'll forgive, but I won't forget. I have said that. Mm-hmm. And if you're in it for the long haul, if you're in this going back to what um, Dr. James Dobson said, uh, if you're in this marriage uh, for, a, for lifetime. a long, for a lifetime, mm-hmm. then you have to forgive. Just like in the Lord's Prayer, you know, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to forgive. Yes. And I think you, when we you said that. We have to forgive if we also want to be forgiven. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and so maybe somebody may have, maybe your spouse may have uh, misplaced your trust or, you know, said something or did something that um, uh, wasn't received well within the marriage. I'll just put it to you like that. And, but how long are you going to keep that fault against them? At what mm-hmm. point do you forgive them if you see they're making an effort to make the marriage better and to rebuild the marriage? At what point do you forgive them and say, okay, we're in this for the long haul and, you know, we move on? I'm going to flip the script for a second. What if they're not trying to make things better? What if they didn't apologize? You still have to forgive them. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you forgive after they've apologized to you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Pause. I was trying to help you out. See, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to help. <laughs> because the reality of it is the forgiveness isn't for the person who was the offender, mm-hmm. it's for the offended. Mm-hmm. If you want your sins to be, if you want your um, mistakes, your sins to be forgiven, you must forgive. Mm-hmm. That's what it clearly states in the Lord's Prayer. And if you're like me, again, this this is must be the podcast for Doug to talk about Doug. If you're like me, you'll hold on to stuff and let things fester. And because if you don't communicate to your spouse that, hey, you may have done something to me that offended me or said something to me that I didn't appreciate. Then you let all that build up in you mm-hmm. and that could possibly become a root of bitterness. And then it can lead to, you know, not just physical ailment, but spiritual ailment also. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be careful. Yes. Yeah. And that's why you have to be self-aware. Where are you? What have you gone through? What walls do you have up? Sometimes your spouse will point it out to you and it may make you feel uncomfortable. Um, I know Doug is good about saying, you know, you shouldn't have said that. And although he's right, (laughs) (laughs) did I just admit that on this podcast? (laughs) Although he's right, it may take me a moment to say, oh man. So your spouse is a good, is a good way to help you see you. Cause sometimes we've done things a certain way for so long. We don't realize certain things about ourselves mm-hmm. and then God to put your spouse in your, in your life to help you to pull that, those roots out. Yes. And so you have to, again, celebrate those differences. I appreciate, although during the moment, I don't appreciate 
when Doug tells me something because I'm thinking, who he think he is? He don't know what he talking about. Yeah. And then the Lord would convict me and say, mm-hmm. Because you said something interesting. You said your spouse will help you see, see you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just... Before this podcast came on, we were watching uh, Bishop Jakes, and he was he made the the um, illustration that you can see everything else, but you can't see you mm-hmm. unless you have a mirror or some something in front of you. Mm-hmm. You can see everything else, but you cannot see you. And so, if your spouse is pointing things out to you, and again, I'm coming back to Doug, you cannot be you cannot do it in a critical way. Me. Cause I am very critical. I know I am. And you have to do it in a loving uh, manner. Like you said, in a, and you have to say it in a way that your spouse can receive it because come back to love languages, come back to disc assessment. All these things help how you communicate because that's all part of intimacy. Yes, absolutely. And then you have to realize that if your spouse truly loves you, if they don't get it right, when they say it, because they are trying to do it in your love language or communicate to you in a way that you can receive it, but they don't quite hit the mark. You know, your spouse loves you. Sometimes you have to take it with a grain of salt and receive it in love, understanding that they don't mean to hurt you. Mm -hmm. They're just pointing something out about you. That's why it's important to always go to God in prayer and ask God to show you Okay, my spouse said X, Y, Z. You know, Lord, help me, help me digest that. Help me to receive that. Should I receive it? And then again, communication. It's a two way streak. So you can go to your spouse and say, Hey, I heard what you said, but you know, I would prefer if you didn't say it like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's me. I'm the sensitive one in the relationship. So I had to learn to say to Doug, Hey, you know what? You know, I didn't like the way you said that to me. It, it kind of hurt my feelings. And so now Doug's good about saying he'll pause when he's getting ready to say something. I'm thinking, what are you doing? He said, wait, I'm trying to think about how would you say this? <laughs> I want to say this to you the way you would say it. And that I appreciate that even if he doesn't do it exactly because we're different. Okay. If he doesn't do it exactly the way I would would have liked for him to do it or the way I would have normally said it. I appreciate the fact that he tried, that he was working on it, that there was an attempt to communicate to me in an effective way. And that brings us true intimacy. That allows us to be comfortable with one another, vulnerable with one another, open with one another. And I I don't always get it right. I I tell you, I tell you, I don't get it all. I don't always get it right. I sound like the guy from the cartoon. I tell you, I tell you. <laughs> but right right before this podcast, you asked me a question. I was like, nah. No, I just oh and it, it it didn't it didn't register till after the fact. And I'm like, you know, I could have said that a better way. He I, sure could have, y'all. He hurt my feelings <laughs> just before we got started on this podcast. I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I thought you was gonna say the other the other mm, R. No, that wasn't a uh, apropos for this particular uh, okay. moment. But um <laughs> And, and you don't always get it right, but you you try. We're human. We, you try and you make a mistake. You say, I'm sorry. And, you know, your spouse hopefully will accept your apology and we keep it moving. And I'm going to say this. It's OK to say sorry, but don't keep saying sorry for the same thing. Oh, At Lord. some point in time, 
you got to be sorry enough that you don't do it anymore, Uh-oh. that you don't keep making that mistake. I'm going to talk about Renee since Doug's been talking about Doug. That was one of the things he pointed out to me. At a certain point in time, my sorries didn't mean anything because I said, sorry. I said, sorry again. Same thing. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean it. And then he pointed it out to me. He said, that doesn't you know, mean anything because you say sorry all the time. And I had to say sorry. <laughs> say sorry that I keep saying sorry. Um, although I meant it. At some point in time, you got to be sorry enough to not keep offending or keep repeating the same thing that you have to say sorry for. So I had to learn that about me like, huh, okay, so let me not do this anymore so that I don't have to keep saying sorry for the same thing because it it means it means nothing. It's like just words. And you know what? You you said that and I'm, I started thinking about thinking back. Of course, we've been married 33 years. I don't even remember the issue. I remember us talking about it, but Lord knows I don't even remember what the issue was that we were discussing or that I brought up. And that goes back to if you stay in this thing, you stay married long enough, you know, you'll have memories, you'll have, you know, wars that you both went through, battles you both went through and you've overcome. God allowed you to overcome certain things. And you you don't even remember certain things, the details of it. You just remember we got through that. Right. We right. overcame this. We overcame that. And that's what makes your marriage stronger. Mm-hmm. When you can look back and say, "Oh, we overcame yes. X Y Z. Oh, we got through X Y Z." I mean, I know for us, that's what helps make us stronger. Because you know, certain things now it's like it's not that big of a deal because. We got history. We've gone through so many things together. Mm-hmm. And that's, although at the time wasn't easy. Yeah. But now we look back at it and we say we're stronger because we, yeah. we went through it. Because you're, you're becoming one. And becoming one is part of intimacy. Yes. And knocking down walls, having open, honest conversations, and not being... So critical, judgmental, again, me, my personality. And, you know, for Renee, you know, I can speak for her, not being so um what's sorry. No, that's sorry. Because <laughs> I'm I'm critical and judgmental, but you know, you are not the most, you know, you you you, you wear your your my emotions, emotions on your sleeve. Yeah. You know, don't be and, so sensitive. Yeah, that's the word. That's the phrase I was looking for. So they, you know, you have to become. I'm come back to balance. Yeah, there has to be some balance in your marriage, so you can give and take. And it's not, it's not one person always doing the giving, one person always doing the taking. It's literally give and take. There has to be some. There has to be a rhythm and a flow to your marriage. Yes. Remember, we talked about this in a few podcasts. You got to have that dance where you're rocking at the same pace, the same beat. Mm -hmm. So my question to those married folks listening, how vulnerable are you with your spouse? Uh Oh, is your spouse your best friend? Doug and I are best friends, but that took a long time for us to get there. 
Long time. Long time. <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. It even cracks him up. Oh Can you goodness. share anything and everything with your spouse? Hmm. Anything, everything. Wives, husbands. You there? Okay, just checking. Just checking. Although it may make you uncomfortable at times, or the feeling of defenselessness, vulnerability, helplessness, humiliation, shame, guilt, or judgment, it is the risk that you must take to have true intimacy. I've heard this before. I don't know if any of you have heard this, but intimacy, I've heard it broken down into in, to, me, see, I, N, T, O, M, E, S, E, E, in, to, me, see. Oh, are you allowing your spouse to see into you, into the most innermost parts of your heart? your fears, your frailties, the things that make you happy, the things that make you sad, the things that happened to you in the past. Mm -hmm. Have you opened up that luggage that you brought into that marriage? This is figuratively speaking, y'all, that baggage that we all carry from past relationships, past experiences. Have you opened up that luggage and can your spouse see what's in it so they can help you unpack it? Selah. And there should only be certain aspects of your life that's reserved for your spouse and should mm-hmm. only be shared with your spouse. Absolutely. Um, coming back to the 80-20 rule, you know, your spouse is only going to give you 80% of what you need. And that other 20%, they, they're not giving it to you. It's, it's not going to happen. And, you know, there shouldn't be anyone at work that has intimate details of your life that your spouse should have. Absolutely. That that space should only be reserved for your spouse and your spouse only. Yes. So I ask you, who is your secret person at work? Mm, hope you don't have one. But I, I feel there are people out here listening to us that has a secret person at work or the God wouldn't have given, given us the notes. And let me, let me, um, uh, judges and judges, judges, the book of judges, um, chapter 16, verse 17. And the amplified version, it talks about, um, guarding your heart and, uh, Samson Delilah, excuse me. And, Samson had, if you don't know the story, Samson had, you know, born. There was never, he never had his hair cut. So that's where his strength was. And so he went and laid with prostitutes after prostitutes. And he would get up and go kill the Philistines, which was the enemies of the Israelite people back in biblical days. But he ran into a lady named Delilah. And Delilah kept um Samson fell in love with Delilah. Again, this talk I'm talking about guarding your heart. And he shared everything that was in his heart with Delilah. And he ultimately told her, "Hey, if you cut my hair, that's when I'll lose my strength." And when he opened his heart to her, 
the Lord left him. It's read the book of Judges. It's, it's in there. And so what I'm trying to get now my single people to understand is that there are certain things you should not be sharing with anyone. Anyone other than God. Mm. Because it wasn't until Samson shared his heart with Delilah that the Lord left him. Now, the Lord didn't leave while he was out laying around and, you know, sleeping with prostitutes and so on and so forth. The Bible clearly states that God left Samson after he shared his heart with her. And so guard your heart and Proverbs 21 and 9 and the Passion Translation and the Message Translation, Message Translation, Message Bible. Um, just read those scriptures. And it, it is um, very apropos, as I guess that's my word for today. <laughs> and I think you have to, in First Peter 3 and 7, it talks about um, husbands understanding your wives and, you know, so your prayers won't be answered. And it's, so your prayers won't run aground, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They won't be hindered. They won't be hindered. Some versions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Message Bible, it talks about run aground. So husbands, um, you can't say you have a great relationship with God and a bad one with your wife. Mm, that's not possible. It's not. It, it really isn't. And again, we're talking about intimacy. And so you have to be vulnerable with your wife. That is a requirement because if you look at Christ in the church, Jesus, when he was nailed on the cross, he, I believe he was naked. I mean, if you see pictures, they always put a robe around him, you know, to cover him up. But, you know, you have to be vulnerable with your spouse. That is a requirement from God to love your, love your wife. Yes. Yes. So I think at this point, we're going to sign off. Yes. Okay. I think we gave them enough this week to think about. Think about. And work on. Work on. Don't just think about it. Be about it. Be about it. Yes. Faith without works is dead being alone. You got to put some action to what you believe in God for. Yes. Don't go in your secret prayer room, closet, space, and pray and ask God to change your spouse. And then when you get up from your knees, from your face, you're not trying to change, change yourself. yourself. <laughs> well, we love you. Yes. Thank you for listening to this podcast about intimacy. I'm pretty sure we'll come back next week with some more. Yes. And we will. love you. We appreciate you for listening. And God bless you. And we're out. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened, and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also, feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. 
Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.